Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. Hello friends, welcome back to the Take the Reins podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Porter. I hope you're doing well, and if you are in an area that has suffered from any flooding, I hope that you are safe and your animals are safe, and I want you to know that my thoughts and heart are with you. I'm going to be doing two things on today's episode. First, I want to introduce you to more of my equestrian authors for riding through it. I hope you enjoyed last week's, and I very much hope that you enjoy this week's as well. These women are phenomenal. They are everyday equestrian women telling their stories of how horses have helped them get through journeys that have been a challenge, whether that be acute challenges or the challenges of life. Life is not easy and anyone who tells you that is probably not telling you their full truth. So yes, we can definitely make life easier by having a positive mindset and by working on ourselves, our personal growth, and making sure that we're looking for our lessons versus the struggles in life. However, life is hard and it is part of the human experience. And I I'm so honored to work with these women who have chosen to show up so truthfully truthfully and so vulnerably and shared their stories and shared the impact that horses have had. And I think that is the reason we're all coming together for these podcasts such as Take the Reins or other horse podcasts or if you go to events like Road to the Horse or any sort of symposium put on for horses. We're all here for the horses and we all understand that there's something that our horses bring to us and sometimes it's hard to put it into words, but I'll tell you, these ladies did a phenomenal job of doing so and I want to honor them as a result of that. So for today's episode... We're going to hear from a few more of them, and then I'm going to finish off the episode discussing something that's come up a bit for me lately that should help you with a mindset piece that will help you work with your horses a little more compassionately in times of uh, frustration or any sort of judgment that's coming from you and being placed onto your horse as a result of not being sure why they're doing one thing or another. So stay tuned for that. All right, so let's get right into meeting some more of the equestrian authors of Riding Through It, shall we? 
Hello, everyone. I am excited to welcome another one of our authors for you to get to know. Today, we're speaking with Teresa. So, Teresa, welcome and thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Can you please just tell us who you are, where you're from, and any horses that you currently have? Okay. So, my name is Teresa. I am a I always say I'm middle-aged, but since I'm into my late 50s, I probably can't use that anymore. I work full-time in healthcare, and on the side, I pursue my passion of horses. I have two horses who live at home with me right now. One is an older, retired gelding named Irish, and the other one is my mare, who is one of the main subjects of my um, story. Carmen and she is a 10 year old Andalusian mare. Carmen is lovely. I can't wait for them to meet her in the story, but if they can ever meet her in person, it's a million times better. She is quite something. She definitely embodies the dramatic Spanish mare stereotype. <laughs> she does. All right. So, this is my favorite question. At what point or age in your life would you classify yourself as an equestrian? Well, that's a great question. I would say that I really started to feel like an equestrian when I was able to finally learn how to ride in my adulthood, which I was around 22. Oh, it seems so long ago now. Mm. But I think I spent from two until 22 trying to figure out how I could get myself on the back of a horse. And so that started my journey. I think when I was able to finally build my farm and bring Irish home to live is when I started to feel like I was really embodying the fullness of it. Oh, that's awesome. So you've kind of given a couple teasers in here. Just give us a brief description of your chapter, which I have to just give everyone a small warning that when I read Ter Teresa's chapter, I was a puddle. It's incredibly written and it's so emotional. It makes me emotional even like thinking about it. And, and so you can just imagine what it's gonna be like to read it because you did such a great job in writing it and getting us in the moment with you, even though it's a moment that we're gonna, you know, it's gonna tug on us a little bit or a lot. Yeah. So no crying. I'm not, okay, no, no crying. Or are we like, <laughs> not crying? <laughs> Um, so my chapter is about how I started, like when I brought my horses home and I was able to pursue my dream and buy um, a yearling Andalusian. And then it leads up to a tragic event that happened. And following that with, um, and it feels so smug to say that, but I just like it totally shattered me in many ways. Mm -hmm. And from that I went um, after a little bit and I purchased Carmen from the U.S. and it's about you know how it really totally was not a Disney movie of I got a new horse and she healed my heart because she was incredibly difficult mm -hmm. and she had her own demons to deal with and it was initially about how we clashed and then how she made me like forced me to take a hard look at myself and who I was and what I wanted and where I was going. And just from that whole experience, and I never want to experience that again, and how I was able to kind of rebuild myself and come to a better understanding of who I was and what I wanted 
and how to be more, I always use the word congruent, where what I'm saying I am is actually matching how I feel inside. And I think a lot of my struggles with Carmen initially were partly from her own history and partly from me going around going, I'm fine, it's fine, we're all fine. And she is like, you are not fine. And I want nothing to do with you if you are not fine. And so now we're at a point where I can be in a not so good place emotionally or mentally. And as long as I'm honest about that, she's like, yeah, okay, I can work with this. Oh, I love that. When you were saying, you know, Carmen, she had wanted nothing to do with you when you were not fine. It's funny how they are so in tune and it's not, it's like, they're not, they're not saying you can't be with me when you're not fine. It's you can't be with me when you're denying whether you're fine or not. <laughs> when you're in that place of, uh, like you said, incongruence. Why don't you help us just switch the script here to what do you hope the readers are left feeling after reading, writing through it? Okay, so what I think, what I hope people would get from that is not that horses are magical and make everything better, mm. although they can, but that if you are going to pursue a relationship with anything, whether it's a, a human partner, an equine partner, a canine partner, it really doesn't matter. You've got to be prepared to step up and that there are going to be really hard times and that doesn't mean that you're on the wrong path. It could mean you're on the wrong path or maybe you need to switch your path, but it's okay. And I think we get so caught up that I have what I want and I should be happy. And that's not where the happiness comes from. I love that. So why did you say yes to this writing project? I think it took me a long time to get to yes, even if I was going along with it. Um, (laughs) I don't think you're alone in that. (laughs) No, I don't think I am either. So like, as you know, I have my own blog Mm -hmm. where I've been capturing a lot of things over the years. Can you just tell our listeners what your blog's name is so that they can go and find it? Okay. Um, It's called Journey with a Dancing Horse. I started it when I got my yearling and I literally started it just to keep a journal of the training. And I honestly believed at that time that, you know, my mom read it, a few people read it. But it was really just writing for me. Through that blog, I met a lot of wonderful people and found a lot of really other meaningful blogs that I still follow. You know, the blog has been going for almost 10 years now, and it's all of Carmen and I's story. And this year, I had found myself more and more reflecting on where was I, where am I now, why do I feel better now? And I had done a couple posts about that. And then I saw your post on Instagram saying, hey, do you have a story you want to share? Hmm. So I messaged you and then you sent me something and then I asked you a million questions, which you answered. But I thought, well, why don't I try this? So I filled out the application, submitted the writing and thought, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be people way better writers than I am, but that's okay. I just took that chance. And then I got the email from you with a message from you saying, hey, you're still in if you want to be. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) I literally was, you know, I had one of those, oh crap moments. What have I done? And so I spoke to a really good friend of mine 
about it and she said I think you should do it and then I spoke to my husband about it and he goes well yeah if you want to do that sure and so I started participating in the zoom calls and it actually even took me a little bit of time to start physically writing it and then when I did I found the whole process to be quite useful and cathartic in a way mm -hmm. we are very grateful that you even though it took a long time in the process I knew there was some processing happening you said yes but I knew there was some processing happening and so we're very grateful that you have made it to this point and that you decided to share your story it is one that the book would not be the same without it and no, that's it wouldn't so be kind. the same without any of them but it is mm -hmm. it is a phenomenal story and it's heartbreaking when you read it but at the same time it gives so much hope so oh <laughs> terrible <laughs> i think so i get emotional because i know you and because i'm looking at you on video so yeah. you know i just i just can't wait for people and i know that people have read your story in your blog but I think this is, it's a different way for people, even who they know your story, to get to know your story. Uh, so I so appreciate you being so open and honest in telling your story. And I just am so grateful for you to be along for this ride. Really, I think I'm going to be sad when we're no longer talking about this book. Like I don't think we're going to stop talking about it. <laughs> Let's just keep talking about it. It's fine. You know, like and on, the, on the Facebook page that we have and where people are messaging, like I have to say that meeting with all of these other women sharing their stories and their honesty has been really inspiring. Mm. Yeah, it really has. This is just the beginning. We won't stop talking. We'll just keep on talking. It's a, there's so many <laughs> and there's so many stories. These are 17 of millions of stories. So um, it's just the start. But thank you, Teresa. Thanks for being with me today. And uh, I can't wait for everybody to read your story. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki. You're welcome. All right, guys. I have yet another special guest to join us here today. And it's another one of our incredible co-authors of Riding Through It. And I cannot wait for you to meet her. She is amazing. I've worked with her in a couple different capacities now, and I just keep more deeply in love with her and you're going to do the same thing as soon as you hear her story. And, and you, I, and honestly, I believe <laughs> not to embarrass you, but I think that people will fall in love with you as soon as they hear your voice. There's something about your voice that is so soothing that uh, I guess I just can't wait for them to hear from you. So Caroline, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Nikki. That's so gracious and sweet. Caroline, why don't you just tell us who you are, where you're from, and what horses you currently have? So I'm Caroline Archibald, and I am a wife of 23 years. I'm the mother of two amazing boys. Um, my oldest is 21, Andrew, and my baby will be 19 soon, Jack. Um, I live in the Valley, but grew up in Rowe, County, um, but the Valley is now home because that's where my family is. Um, my horse is also Jack, who is Jack the Boy's project. Um, and as Jack got older, the horse was less of a project. So it's funny that I have Jack the Boy and Jack the Horse. And so, so, so 
blessed. Uh, so in case you're curious where the valley is, uh, she's in the valley in Nova Scotia. So the great part about this book is we have authors from all over. Actually, one of our authors even spoke to us. She moved recently to New Brunswick, but she was in Germany the most most of the time that she was with us and doing the work. So it's just been absolutely amazing to meet all of these different people. So Caroline is in Nova Scotia. And I I tell you, the, the Jack the boy and the Jack the horse in the story, how you tell it and how you weave that in, I love it. It's so good. So you are one of the reasons why I put this in because I I think it's important for people to realize that they start they can start their horse journey at any point. And I love, love, love your story. So at what age or point in your life would you classify yourself as an equestrian? Oh my gosh, I still don't. I'm 47 now. I was 42 when I was involved with like Jack the Boy had leased Jack the Horse. We had leased Jack the Horse for Jack the Boy. And I still don't see myself as an equestrian. Do you know what I mean? I would say that I'm just starting. I. It's a brilliant question and I love it, but I think that I was so intimidated by the equestrians. Do you know what I mean? That it is more than a, a skill. It's it's a belief. It's, it's so much more and I'm starting to feel it. And I, I think I feel it when um, Jack the Horse feels he can trust me. Do you know what I mean? And it's looking to me for leadership and I feel that's what an equestrian is. But yes, I have control of the situation, you know, we're gonna be okay instead of me looking for the equestrian route. I feel like it's probably time for us to just like make you an honorary equestrian right now. I feel like that would be a great way for you to just be like, okay, that's I like- it. I feel like when we're cantering, I'm an equestrian and we're not there <laughs> yet. <laughs> but I love your goal because it's attainable. Yes. Know? Oh, I love that. Okay, so there's lots of little teasers in here, but can you give just a brief description of your chapter for the listeners? Sure. So my chapter is midlife. It's, you know, to deal with a brief summary, you know, it's my boys um, leaving the nest, you know, um, caring for my dad who was palliative care, still trying to manage, you know, a horse. Um, a whole multitude of things that I think is life and it just I am so proud of it and it's life you know and life is not pretty for the chapters of it that are beautiful but it can change in an instant. Um, There's something about your chapter where it is it's a stage in life it's not you know, starting your life as a horse rider or a crazy horse girl as a child, it's this stage in life that, you know, so, well, everybody gets to where there's so much change happening all at once and very impactful change. And then to insert the horse there, which also creates more change for you, but also helps you through it. It's just, it's, there's something about it that's just amazing to read about. Um, and as a horse person, you just so greatly can appreciate it, if that makes sense. It does, and I think to not even be, I think that the 
experience for me, not being a horse person, always appreciating the beauty of them. You know, my great grandmother was a huge horse woman. You know, we would watch the horses jumping on Saturdays and stuff like that. That was my early experience, you know, with this. So always appreciate the beauty, but to experience you know, the bonds with them and to see, you know, so much of what they have is reflected back off you. And that's incredible. You know, that was life changing. Yeah. So your chapter brings about a lot of emotions or at least when I read it, it did. It resonated in some ways for me that maybe I didn't even expect it to. But what do you hope readers are left feeling after reading, writing through it? Oh, I think, to, you know, you're inspired, I think, to be brave and authentic, you know, to connect with people. I mean, that's what it's all about. It really is. And I the the connections built in just creating this book are amazing, but I can't wait to hear about the connections as a result of the book. Okay. So lastly, Caroline, why did you say yes to this writing project? And to me, it was so therapeutic and allowed me to put some skeletons away and deal with things I had not ever dealt with. So it was very liberating, very freeing, and I, um, I feel so open. Mm, that's amazing. Well, I am very grateful for your openness and for you being a part of this. I'm so glad you said yes. And I can't wait for everybody to hear the tale of Jack the horse and Jack the boy and you um, becoming an equestrian because we I'm gonna call you that. I don't care if you're loping or not. I'm gonna call you that from now on um, because you have 100% earned the trust of a horse. And like you said, that's really what it's all about. So thank you so much, Caroline, for joining me today. Thank you. Hello everyone. I'm so excited today. I keep saying that. I know that that is like the thing that I've been saying. I'm so excited, but I really am. Today I'm speaking again with another one of our authors and Steph, it's so wonderful to have met you through this whole entire process and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is super exciting for me because I just remember finding your podcast and starting to listen and I connected to what you were saying and your energy immediately. So to actually be doing this and speaking to you on your podcast is like coming full circle in the past year. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. So to start, why don't you just share with us kind of a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and then any horses that you currently have. Great. Um, so uh, my name is Steph Lee and I am from Guelph, Ontario, Canada. And uh, I'm a school administrator, so I'm in my office right now. And I uh, also work with horses through equine facilitated learning. And I've been doing a mentorship for the past, I think 18 months now. Uh, and before that, I was working um, as a volunteer, volunteering uh, at a therapeutic riding barn. So I very much want to combine my love of education and support of students, families, and teachers uh, with my love of horses. And I really see how they just are perfect mirrors for, uh, for each other. And that's, that's, that's awesome. What I'm doing. I think that that's a journey that people are starting to see as more of a possibility now. There's been some great programs coming out. 
uh, for equine facilitated learning and the people that are already influencing and wanting to help people and then they have this love of horses I feel like they're going oh my god this is what I've been waiting for my whole life yeah it was really interesting in my story I talk a little bit about that experience and just I've been studying developmental psychology and um, you know all of the, that that path through the last 10 plus years of my life. And I have my own two children who are now teenagers. And so I've got that personal experience as well. Uh, but when I had my first uh, equine facilitated experience and got the impact of my energy just right there from the horse as a mirror, I thought, oh, every theory I've ever read and everything I've been trying to share with people about the impact of their energy on sensitive beings like children, it was right there in this horse. And and I just, yeah, my mind was blown. I thought, oh, this is how I'm going to, <laughs> to make a difference in this world. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So at what age or point in your life would you classify yourself as an equestrian? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. So I was exposed to horses as a young child, but I wasn't the rider in my family. I didn't really have uh, consistent exposure to horses like lessons or anything like that. I kind of tagged along with my friends or family members to the barn, um, but I was always in love with horses and I have all of my best kind of memories from childhood is with horses and with other animals as well. Um, so really it was taking a leap after, and you'll hear about this in my story, but just really seeing, you know, being hearing the call towards horses. So I would say really my equestrian journey started two years ago um, when I really started to focus on creating that path for myself by taking courses through university and connecting with mentors of all different kinds and exploring programs and, and riding as well. So I started riding consistently and, and now uh, parboarding a horse as well. So it's just kind of an incremental step towards uh, the or on the equestrian journey. I just think that the this question alone it really opens up, I guess, the eyes of the readers or our listeners today to what is an equestrian and how do how do you feel about being an equestrian? When do you what does it mean to be an equestrian? And my favorite part is that there are so many unique journeys in this book and it's all been, oh, just, just, I, I keep going back to the word unique, but it's all been so unique in how people find their path to horses and then how they actually start to own that path as their own. And, and I would love for people to see that if they're like, am I an equestrian yet? That's something that you kind of answer for yourself. Kind of like the question of, am I a writer yet? Yeah. <laughs> right? Am I an author? Is that a thing? Uh, yeah. So those claiming those labels that we like and that we enjoy and that we want um, is it seems it's a little more challenging than claiming those labels that maybe aren't as positive that others put on us. So I, I love getting and hearing the answers to that question. And I absolutely love your story. And I'm so glad that it's part of this whole compilation of stories because it's one that really connects to again the energy which I really love uh, but the heart of connecting to horses and what they can do in the healing process so why don't you just give us I know you've kind of given some tidbits here but just give us a brief description of your chapter uh, sure so my chapter starts with uh, bringing in these uh, the sentiment of 
course inspiration cards that my mentor actually introduced me to when I first met and went to her session uh, at a wisdom circle um, in 2020 when things finally opened up for the first time post pandemic. So the journey really starts, um, it starts there kind of how I, um, how I include journaling and uh, you know, connecting with my my spirit guides and my soul to kind of help me along the path and, and just make the decisions that are in, you know, in on the path, on the journey of, um, of my life. And so it starts there and it talks about how I really, um, before, you know, five years ago or so, I was in a really bad place. You know, I'll, I'll let you read the story for that, but it was not an easy time in my life. And I was experiencing a lot of stress and just a lot of um, physical closing and I very much thought that you know I was going to not be here anymore so it was uh, yeah it just follows that path of of becoming aware becoming aware and um, you know a lot of people use the term mindful but just getting the awareness of the thoughts that I was having not actually being who I am mm. and making that distinction opened up the possibility of actually creating who I wanted to be and that's really what the story is about. And it's about coming to that at, you know, I'm actually almost 40 now. So coming to that later in life and then just how now I want to make sure other people are on that path and can see that about themselves as well. And they don't have to wait till they're 40. I really want to, uh, I really want this path um, to start for people when they're younger and, uh, and inspire others. And just also let people know that it's never too late to uh to pursue that because you could be 60 and become <laughs> start to start to consider that all those stories your mind was telling you were a lie and you actually have so much more uh, potential possibility ahead of you oh my gosh i i have goosebumps <laughs> that's so beautiful uh and i feel like your story is one that people are going to resonate with because exactly what you just said where you know, it doesn't matter. Yes, when we when we go through it, and we're like, oh, I wish that somebody didn't have to wait until they're almost 40 to go to experience this. But also to not lose hope, even if you are later in life to say it's not too late and you can find joy. And oh, it's just it's beautiful. So I'm really appreciative of you sharing this story with our with our audience. And OK, so second last question what do you hope the readers are left feeling after riding or reading riding through it i love that little that little slip there after riding it is <laughs> right i'm really looking forward to reading the book i really think that um or not think but i really feel that i want the readers to be left with a sense that you know despite life's challenges and we all have so many different challenges as you shared nikki in the book that we've all gone through it and come at the other side and we're still pursuing something and we have that connect and the connection with horses has supported that but it's also about like non-equestrians right and we've talked about this before as a group I don't see only equestrians getting something out of this book I see it as something that anyone <laughs> who's experiencing life and life's challenges could find uh, you know a nugget to uh, to really resonate with and and help them move through it as well I completely agree all right, so why did you say yes to the writing project? 
Well, um, it was one of those things where I just decided, kind of like you said, when did you become an equestrian? It was like, when did you become a writer? Uh, I've been thinking about, you know, sharing my stories. I love um, the idea of writing and the idea of writing my own book by myself was just totally overwhelming. And so when I was following you on Instagram and I saw the application uh, invitation, I thought, even if I don't get this, I would be really um, disappointed in myself if I didn't just put it out there. Like there's no harm in just applying and seeing what happens. And I really stood there. And then after I applied, I thought I'm going to get this. And mm -hmm. I find I found that, uh, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned over the last couple of years is actually just seeing yourself doing it. And then it just yourself does it. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. That's like an awkward way of saying it. But whenever I decide to do something, it just like my actions then are everything going into that. And so that's what I put. I put the application in. I put the, you know, the submitted, the, you know, brief chapter. And then I sat down and wrote the story. <laughs> All of the things that got into action. And it's hard to believe that now we have a book and it's so exciting, but I just wanted to, uh, yeah, share that it's possible. If you want to submit a chapter, submit a chapter. You don't know what's going to happen. My old mind would have been like, you'll never get chosen. This is who are you? You're not an equestrian. Why are you even doing this? Um, but I really, yeah, I really appreciated you taking a chance on me and uh, being willing to give me the space to share my story. Well, we really appreciate you sharing your story. It is beautiful and it's impactful and i'm just so honored that you are a part of this group so thank you very much for sitting down with me today and i can't wait for people to read your chapter in riding through it along with the rest i completely agree with uh, how you hope others feel after reading this and uh, it really is quite beautiful what we were, we've managed to put together. So, and I know we're, you know, we're a little biased in this, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, I think the excitement that's happening right now for people who want to read it, I think it's only going to get better once people actually have the book in their hands and they sit down and they, and they experience reading it firsthand. It's, it's quite something. So thank you, Steph. I really appreciate you being here today and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki. Bye. Oh my gosh. Just hearing those interviews played back to edit this episode gives me chills. I can't believe the amazing women this book has brought into our lives. And like I've said, I'm so grateful. All right, time to move away from writing through it and into a quick chat that I believe will make an impact on your relationship with your horse and possibly the humans around you as well. Even the most self-aware, personally connected and educated people have bad days. Part of being an emotional being is the experience of the good and the bad. The hardest days are still hard, even when you have the tools to feel and process what's making the day mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually difficult. We all experience the fear of being alone, days when we just don't want to do the things, days when our reactions seem to go against all the things that we know we should be saying or doing instead. But yet, so often, horses are handled in a way without this same grace. They are handled with frustration and anger when they become herdbound or scared. They are handled with impatience when they are having an off day. 
Now, I'm not saying that we are all guilty of handling our horses this way, but I know very few people, myself included, who have not been guilty of it at least once or twice. So my goal with this tonight is just to shift your awareness to where you feel frustration, anger, and a lack of patience when you're working with your horse. And when you do, to just slow down and begin to listen. Because maybe if we slow down and listen, we can figure out that they're just having an off day and they just need us to listen. The same as when, I'll use a personal example, when I'm having an off day, one of the very first things that comes to my mind is to call someone who I trust and I know will listen to me. I know that they will listen with ears to understand. I know that they will listen with ears to help and not to judge and not become angered. The last person that I would pick up the phone for is the person who would get upset with me because I was having an off day. So I want you to ask yourself, would your horse pick up the phone? Haha, <laughs> of course they can't. However, would they, if they could, pick up the phone and call you first if they're having an off day? So often we turn to our horses when we're having a difficult time. And I just, I just want to shift some awareness to the fact that horses have those days too. Horses have those days when they're feeling a little less confident and maybe not for the same reasons as people and not in the same context as people because I don't want to humanize their experience. However, if you've worked with horses, you can see that horses have a lack of confidence or they have confidence and you can feel when that's taking place. We can also see when a horse is has had the confidence taken away from them from a situation or an experience. We can also see when a horse is hungry, when a horse has had something happen, whether they have a friend all of a sudden no longer around them, they've been sold or moved to a different paddock. Horses experience life from an emotional level as well. And when we become frustrated or angered by the horses that are in our lives, sometimes all we need to do is slow down and take a look around and say, what's happening right now? What's happening with them that today is a harder day for them? And how can I listen to make their day just a little bit better? Okay, so that's been on my mind lately. I just can't help but to think of how much our horses offer us and how can I continue to remind myself and encourage those of you who are listening to continue to move in a way that we are looking to offer them the best of us so that they know we're on the same team as them, so that they know that they can look to us the same way that we feel like we can look to them. All right, guys. That's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next time on the Take the Reins podcast. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. 
To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening, and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind. Mm-hmm.